welcome to the First Lutheran Church located at 512 South Kale Avenue in Miles City with pastoral services provided by Pastor Steve Rice. Philip said to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will do the works that I do, and in fact will do greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. And so, according to Luke, the church was born on Pentecost. Some people get it and some don't. Some behold through the course of their lives miracles while others if they pray pray for good luck. Some people seek the meaning while others accept life with a shrug and others rage at life. Consider this. Should a meandering beast hungry in a field find food and water, it is likely content. When a hungry person finds food and water, a cascade of thoughts can begin. Beyond the immediate satisfaction of the hunger, the human likely considers how long the supply of food will last and how it can be stored or shared or perhaps preserved, and maybe even its source. I consider that humans were created to be in and for relationships. Relationships with others, but importantly, given the creation account in Genesis, in relationship with God. As Genesis answered that, age-old question, why am I here? 
And so it begins in the beginning, the answer does. God created the heavens and the earth. That's why. When separated from its offspring, do not the beasts of the field soon return to grazing? But not so among us. Upon losing a child, a human mother's grief can endure a lifetime. We can remember, and remembering arouse meaning. I witnessed last week's observance of D-Day as we remembered plus 75 years. It is also said that only human beings know that they know. May I suggest that this kind of knowing is reflective of the image of God. Humans impart meaning beyond the obvious. Meaning permits the interpretation of symbols such as a wedding ring. And we are a people rich with symbols. So it was at Pentecost. Peter stood among a gathering crowd and challenged those who were blind to an event filled with meaning and implication. Luke tells us suddenly from heaven there came a sound. It was like a rushing wind, a violent wind. And it was so strong it filled the entire house where the disciples were sitting. In divided tongues as a fire appeared among them and a tongue rested on each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them the ability. Now these were not, we're told, nonsensical languages. The faithful were not babbling incoherently, for they were devout Jews from across the entire empire who could pick out their own language from among the many being spoken, whereas the cynical and the skeptical there present only heard wine-fueled gibberish, they supposed. They laughed and they scoffed. That was when Peter seems to have seen with great clarity the answer, the fulfillment to what Jesus' last words were to them. It made sense suddenly. Peter, uh, that was when Peter saw meaning within an admittedly raucous moment. But when Peter saw that a prophecy was being fulfilled, something written in the old times, suddenly finding expression. The prophet Joel, God declared, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men dream dreams. I will show portents in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood, there had been a crucifixion, and fire and smoky mist. During the earthquake, the curtain was torn in two in the temple. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Perhaps 
it was that Jesus had ascended only days before, but it seems that it probably held no meaning for the larger crowd there gathered that day, but not so for Jesus' followers. That he rose from the dead and had appeared to Mary Magdalene and Peter and others was not yet widely known, but it was deeply important and moved deeply those who awaited whatever came next. And Peter remembered how on that Friday there had been earthquakes and darkness and chaos as if creation itself was in turmoil. And as we read the words of the prophet, now some 20 centuries later, only now, the language of God, computer modeling tells us something unknowable until recently. We know that on the evening of Friday, April 3rd, 33 AD, the likely date of the crucifixion, a full moon rose over Jerusalem that night, a full blood moon. These things all held meaning for Peter, for he had seen the moon turn to blood. That onlookers probably saw it too, but for them it held no meaning for them. But for Peter and for the eleven as they stood together as the church for the first time. Okay? Peter and the eleven stood together. The church was being born. And people, also there gathered from all over the known world, were suddenly speaking about these events of Jesus' death and resurrection in all the languages of the empire. And recall again, Luke, in writing the gospel that bears his name, ended that first volume with Jesus' parting words to the disciples. Final words. Stay here in Jerusalem. Wait until you have been clothed with power from on high. I'm sure they wondered what and when, what that meant and when it would take place. And I think it suddenly became very clear to Peter very apparent that what came next was finally there. This was what Jesus was talking about. In Acts, Luke demonstrated that the message, the good news of Jesus, was in fact to be taken throughout the whole world, not to remain just a sect within the Jewish community, but it was meant to be for the whole world, and thus the meaning of why so many languages. Luke then goes on to spend the rest of the book of the Acts of the Apostles preserving those first few crucial years and telling us what they look like. Now, over time, the outward appearance of the church has changed, impacted by the world's many cultures and generations. The church's appearance has proved malleable, but not the church's message. Asian depictions of Jesus look Asian, and so too African, and of course European with art and architecture and music from which we, traditions from which we have emerged. And language, too, appears to have proved equally adaptable, but you see, though these things can are transient and can move. You see, what was not, what is not recast without violence to the gospel itself was the foundational belief that we are given that those who call upon the name of the Lord would be saved through what is called a process of creative destruction. 
Over time, the church would expand, and then it would contract. Even in the fall of as early as 197 A.D., that's really early, one of the first writers of the church, Tertullian, was among the first to demand of the Roman Empire that they treat Christians, as they came to be called, as they allowed all other sects within the empire. And of the persecutions that the church had endured, he wrote, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. And so it is that we see that the church both blossoms and withers, forms and reforms, the process of renewal ongoing to this very day. I'm going to suggest to you that we've experienced a bit of it among ourselves this year, kind of a lowercase p Pentecost for us, as we have seen many changes uh, within our own community. Even as many take a summer pause from the past year's changes, they do so in order to be refreshed and renewed for what comes next. Let us do so in confidence that whatever comes next will be God's will. We are a part of something which is eternal, the one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. And so as I look upon you, I see young and old. And I say to you, one and all, young and old, prophesy, dream dreams, see visions. Young and old together are symbols. Let them speak to us in a language only those called by the Spirit will understand. And whether those symbols speak to you in the simplest of childlike terms or speak to you in flowing prose, listen to them, look at them, embrace them. We who know what we know and know that we know belong to the one in whose image we were created, created for relationship created to bring delight to the Creator and to model the one sent to reveal such glory, Jesus Christ our Lord, in his holy church on this day of Pentecost. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this production of the First Lutheran Church. We welcome you to visit us in person at 512 Kale Avenue. You can also find us on Facebook at First Lutheran Church, Miles City, Montana, and email us at flc at midrivers.com.